0: Hi, I'm Ann Matthews. And I'm Doran Greenwood, and you are listening to Civic Talk. We're
1: joining forces, combining our years of experience as journalists and government hacks, and now amateur podcasters, to bring you a podcast about the public services we use every day.
0: We want to pull back the curtain on how innovative public services are designed.
1: We'll talk to the policymakers and the service innovators about what inspires them.
0: So come take a peek inside the ivory tower with us.
1: Today, we're going to talk about the future, the future of public service, but not through the lens of policies or programs, but people. In a Canadian federal government study done just before COVID began, the demographic shift began accelerating for baby boomers, being replaced by more Gen Xers and millennials, In 2019, a growing 34.7% of Canadian government employees were born after 1979. Governments around the world are going through a metamorphosis right now, moving to more evidence-based decision-making, using big and small data differently, and reaching out to citizens in new ways to tailor services. And behind this evolution are the people who have 21st century skills and approaches, It's like a growth mindset that is ingrained in their DNA. And for millennials coming into the public service, they want more autonomy, more challenge and opportunity sooner than any generation before them. They're not going to put up with
0: crap and they want to be valued. I agree with that. Our time in the Ontario Digital Service certainly cemented that for me, Anne. And in a larger sense, the way our teens are looking at the workplace is so different from what we expected.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's impossible to classify millennials in one stroke, but let's hear from Anil Wasif. He and I work together at Service Ontario, and I'll let him introduce himself.
2: I'm Anil Wasif. I was born in uh, a big city called Dhaka in a small country called Bangladesh. I moved to Canada almost 10 years ago. Um, to do my undergrad at the University of Toronto. And right now I'm working as a senior consultant for Service Ontario's Relationship Support Unit. Um, And we basically are the dot connectors between government programs, citizens and businesses in Ontario.
1: He arrived in Canada in his late teens to study economics. And during much of the pandemic, he was also working on his master's in public policy at McGill University's two-year-old Max Bell School of Public Policy.
2: I've always enjoyed going to different cities, looking at their parliaments, looking at their public policy, looking, understanding how far the recycle bin is from the storefront. <clears throat> and it's interesting to see how the pandemic has, you know, sort of created this punctuation where we're questioning all of those things.
1: Millennial public servants are not going to rely on the tried and true when they offer policy advice. They're not going to be rewriting an old briefing note or a policy paper.
2: Just from my understanding of, you know, my generation of public servants approaching either their 30s or like just past their mid-20s, there's this interesting angle of embracing complexity. And we welcome complexity, which sort of, you know, keeps us rooted on the screen. Because as soon as things are getting not too complex, which also is not, you know, the greatest thing, um, we, we tend
1: to lose a little bit of interest.
0: But Anne, can't that be taken as a lack of patience?
1: I would describe it more as a thirst to get to the root of a problem.
2: We're looking for bullet form information very quickly. And understanding history is a quick way to like grab our attention digging into the history of a relationship with a partner ministry or digging into the history of a specific service be it your driver's license or you know your health card understanding the history sort of really helps you understand data and not just in terms of empirical history but also contextual history Um, when it comes to the events we saw last year when it comes to sort of the promises That we're making to ourselves in in how we make inclusive communities how we make diverse communities i found that understanding history was really important to to the people in my generation
0: so what do employers need to think about
2: to stay ahead of the curve we should also start um, focusing a bit more on digital training not just digital as something you do but digital as a culture is there value in reading Substacks when you're looking to do a policy brief on a specific subject? Is there value in looking at Vox videos or listening to podcasts when you're doing your research for the cabinet submission? A lot of my generation works that way. We socialize ourselves with, we call it like caffeine shots of information. And then once we understand what the landscape is, we dive in with the literature review on a subject matter of our choice. And I think digital is going to be just like that. It's not just about attending conferences and doing workshops. If we let uh, newcomers practice being digital, we should be okay with it and then see how we can obtain buy-in and consensus.
0: Caffeine shots of information. I like that. And you can check out some of
1: Anil's suggestions for more research tools on our Buzzsprout website.
0: So what are his ideas for luring these millennials to the public service? Oh, he has some good ideas. Let's start with how to attract them.
2: It would be extremely awesome if, if we had ministries going to universities to understand what kind of talent they have versus the Ontario Public Service or the Federal Public Service or the HR you know, units going and advertising how to apply to the jobs because... We want to know what content, what the content is of the job we're about to do. And I think it also gives many people unfair advantage when some of them can know and understand how to find that content and when others can't.
1: And he talks about how job descriptions can also level the playing field. We need to think about how we can
2: use the words that my generation understands. This is something that I saw a lot of my peers struggle with. Uh, Because they were all looking for jobs.
1: The job descriptions and job ads need to evolve with the work.
2: Are some of those roles the same as they were before? Um, Can a policy analyst also take care of relationships? Can an economist, economist, you know, contribute to public policy?
1: And not surprisingly, he recommends user research to attract and keep these top candidates
2: have candid conversations with the younger folks, um, or have some sort of process
1: that draws that feedback. He likes a hub-and-spoke model, to have more opportunities to work in different places in government much more quickly. He mentioned the Canadian Privy Council Office in Ottawa that has a neat thing. It's a, a challenge prize unit where you spend four months with them, followed by eight months in a line ministry.
0: That makes sense for younger people wanting to maximize a variety of experiences.
1: Yes, variety is really important, which brings us to telework.
2: A lot of folks enjoyed telework, but a lot of folks are frustrated at home as well. But it's also important to find out what the right balance is and how rigid do we want work to be what i really dream you know you could be anywhere in ontario and fire up your laptop and work from there which we have practiced over the last year the the last thing i i I really expect from the future of public service i think we'll have a better relationship with the private sector and by by that i don't mean in a big public policy kind of way i just simply mean in terms of Uh, turnover, exchanges of jobs between the public and private sector.
0: So is he excited about the future?
1: Yes, but with an impatience to get on with it.
2: I'm really hopeful for the future. And I think it's very important to identify that we have an extremely uh, interesting opportunity to show the world that public service can change. And, and, you know, I dare say we're not going to get this opportunity until you know, the next disaster, which could be climate change,
1: Mm, climate change, or more climate crisis. We'll save that one for future episodes. I'm Anne Matthews.
0: And I'm Doran Greenwood. And you've been listening to Civic Talk.